Hello, and welcome to Not Dead, your survivalist guide to the modern world. I'm joined here hey, as hey. always oh, by author, hey. coming in early. <laughs> <laughs> and is, this... isn't, that the, isn't that the important bit? Getting in early. Getting in, yes, getting in early is important. We're <clears throat> Now, today, we're going to be talking about the blockchain and NFTs. Now, we were originally going to do one episode on blockchain and cryptocurrency. However, there is a lot to unpack and a lot to discuss. And so it makes sense to do these as two separate episodes rather than one episode. And so, and we can't talk about cryptocurrency without explaining what a blockchain is. Okay. And blockchains in themselves are actually a lot more interesting than just currency. Um, and they could have, I, we're going to have a discussion at the end of this, but I feel like blockchains are going to radically change the way in which um, our day, day to day lives work in some aspects. Okay. I'm, I'm very curious to learn about this because, so I've known about Bitcoin for years. Yeah. And I equated Bitcoin to the simple capitalistic model of supply and demand. You're not far off. You're not far off. Okay. We're not, we're not going to talk about, we're going to, I'm going to mention Bitcoin in this, but we're not going to, next episode, we're going to delve into what that really means. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is not that episode, but th this is the framework for how those operate and what what the hell an nft is and what a smart contract is because i think that bitcoin is and is going to end up dying and I'll, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that next episode but nfts yeah. and smart smart contracts are going to stay around okay so blockchain this so you've you've been no, you've known about bitcoin for years but mm -hmm. Uh, blockchain originally came out of a dissertation paper by cryptographer David Chalm in 1982. In 1982, we didn't have the technology to initiate the blockchain. It wasn't okay. until the early 90s that we could use blockchains, but yeah. we didn't have fast enough internet to use blockchains uh, in any proper manner. Right. And so uh, just to give you the briefest explanation of a blockchain, yeah. It's essentially a filing system. Okay. So imagine that you've got, so let's use Bitcoin as an example. Um, mm -hmm. You've got one Bitcoin. Yes. And you've got the block. And for that Bitcoin, it's got a blockchain that's attached to it. And that block tells you three bits of information. It gives you the hash of what that block is, mm -hmm. uh, and that's a unique hash for that block. It's got some metadata, which could be um, all, for, all for use this um, Bitcoin to buy Lou Roll or right, something. Okay. Yep. And then Sounds it's got like a, something I would buy. And then it's got a transaction number. Okay. So now, so where you in this example, we're saying that you've spent that Bitcoin on the Lou Roll. So that, I got a lot of toilet paper. So that's that's your block. Yeah. And then the next one. And so the blockchain 
the reason it's got those three bits of data means that you can track where the blockchain came from, where the blockchain went to, and what happened in that initial block when it happened. And okay. all of those are strung together. So that that one coin has got all of this information every time it's going on. And okay. So, so yeah, it, sorry. I, I just have a question. So the blockchain are basically the, the coin's diary, in a sense. Yes, yeah, essentially. It, it's it's or, like or a notary. History. Yeah, yeah, it's like a history, it's like a history tab. Yeah, yeah, essentially. It's, okay. Okay. it's the it's the complete history of what happened. And so it's it's very difficult to amend it, but mm -hmm. you you have got there are records that you can go through and you can check all the transactions. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah that's the way it works. Like so you've got yeah. these transactions, and the way that so with Bitcoin using that as an example again, the way that they process those transactions is that there are a network of computers. So and each computer is known as is called a node mm -hmm. on. So if you ever see the term node, that's what it's referring to. It's just one of these places where there's servers that can access the each. Everyone on the blockchain network has got access to the blockchain so they can see everything in the Bitcoin blockchains, all of the mm -hmm. blockchains across the planet. And to create a new block in the blockchain, it takes 10 minutes. OK. And it's basically the computers have to do using that server power of all these different computers on the network. It pro it does this calculation to get the unique hash for the new block. Yeah. And then each computer is updated with the new details of that block. And the computers talk to each other to double check that the compute that they haven't created that none of the blocks have been amended or changed. And that's why it's so difficult to amend the blockchain because you need to do it to all of the computers on the network at once. Mm -hmm. You couldn't just change one and then the others would be like, oh yeah, this is what it's changed to. You'd need to do everything simultaneously. So say it was yeah. like 30 transactions ago, you'd need to change that individual one. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how blockchain works. I've described it in terms of cryptocurrency, but cryptocurrency is only the tip of the iceberg in the way that this can be used. Okay. So the other thing that is being used at the moment is a non-fungible token. Okay. So NFT. So if you ever see the term NFT, that's what it stands for, non-fungible token. And the other thing that's come out of uh, blockchain recently has been smart contracts, which link to non-fungible tokens. But okay. there's other things that people are looking at doing, but these are like the two that I can explain quite simply here. Mm -hmm. um, so a non-fungible token is essentially a proof of purchase. Right, okay, yeah. So like, say, I don't know if you've got any, uh, if you, uh, oh, I'll use artwork as an example. If you mm -hmm. were to get a a piece of art from, say, I don't know, one of the auction houses, you would get a certificate of authentication. Yeah. Instead of having a certificate of authentication, you get an NFT token. Yes. And yep. that's a digital token. It is unique. There is no way that you can duplicate this token. And 
where it exists on like these blockchain servers uh-huh. and you and that's to prove that you've got ownership so say you wanted to then pass that kind um that artwork onto someone else yeah you would then exchange the nft with them as well so right, the nft yeah. goes along with the artwork yeah. and um i'll talk about smart contracts in a sec but just to give you some examples of things that have been sold as nfts mm-hmm. um do you remember nyan cat is that the gray cat who's in space with glasses and a rainbow yeah essentially yep let yeah, me yeah. see if i can do this so for those listeners who do not remember Nyan Cat, this is what Nyan Cat sounds like. I'm going to edit this so that it sounds so much smoother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah. that is that's Nyan Cat. It was essentially a GIF. It was a short video put online in 2011. I so, his personal attacks, man. I know. <laughs> so it's a 10-year-old meme. Um, and it's basically a pixel art cat um, that has the body of a Pop-Tart and shoots a rainbow out of its butthole. So the creator of that sold that on, I believe it was foundation which is one of these websites so that you can sell nfts and they managed to sell it for 300 ether which the exchange rate at the time was five hundred and ninety thousand us dollars total or per ether uh no total total okay so yeah, that's, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. that's what the 300 equates to um and that was in february and right. so, um, so Ether exists on the Ethereal network, and that's the currency mm-hmm. that they use, and that's where NF all the NFTs at the moment are being um, are being distributed. So they've kind of got a monopoly on the NFT market. Right. Uh, that Sam question. Yeah. You said that that was sold in February. Yeah. This year. Yes. What was the what was the value of the ether six weeks later? Oh, I don't know. Wait, that's okay. So if that was three hundred, then let's find out what ether is now. Because I've got I've I've just got this theory where like it's all a scam and like someone hands you three hundred ether and is like here's half a million dollars. So like, one one ether. Yeah. Oh, okay. So ether has jumped uh, quite high. Uh, one ether equates to three thousand eight hundred forty-three dollars and fifty-two cents. Right. So that means that three. So we said that it sold for three hundred, and uh-huh. it was uh, five hundred and ninety thousand. Yeah, I think it's gone up a third, roughly estimating. So three times three is nine. So to go from six to nine, it's gone up a third. I mean, it looks like it's one million. <laughs> it's over a million. 
for 300 okay. so nyang so it's, it's it's doubled it's doubled its marketing almost yeah, yeah. doubled its marketing yeah um nanka is now worth a million dollars um and like that's the thing with these uh, nfts like the token basically says that you own the property so this is also a thing with um memes and copyright law like you can now say that you own something outright mm -hmm. you own this piece because you can't digital art you can't this is a problem that the art world's had and it's like meme it's like digital outlets how can you say that you own something if it exists in a digital realm now that you've got yeah. an nft you can say yeah this is who owns it this is the definite um ownership right uh, whether that's respected or not is another thing i don't mm. know i i feel like that's something that we might get onto how easy to enforce would nfts be because if i downloaded the nyan cat gif yeah to would someone be like, I'm really sorry, but um, you owe me royalties for hosting the Nyan Cat GIF? I think it depends on what you do with it. If you just download it into your computer and you're playing it for yourself in the bath while you're playing with rubber duckies, then no. Oh, no, totally. But like it, it becomes like a weird thing. And it's become like this, this trend in the art world to have uh, NFTs for all your artwork. Okay. And there was uh, there was a guy who made made an art piece, uh, and so I think he called himself Burnt Banksy. Mm -hmm. And he purchased a Banksy artwork. Um, at the time, he purchased it purchased it for uh, three hundred and eighty thousand dollars. The artwork was called Morons. And it was a satirical print, uh, basically poking fun at the way the art market works. Yeah. Um, and how it's like the money, it's like they spend these ridiculous amounts of money on prints and things like that. And I mean, a £380,000 print uh, poking yeah. fun at that is pretty silly. Yes. This guy then proceeded to convert the... Um, to produce an nft for this artwork and then right. burnt the original so the print doesn't exist anymore because he burnt it on film the only um, existence of the print are digital copies and the film of him burning it okay and then he managed to sell the nft and the i've did a quick look today and the final numbers that I managed to find on this NFT are that it is worth $8.2 million. $8 million. I think I'm going to need someone to explain to me how. So, quick, very, very quick um, art world market prices. Yes. Basically, an artwork is where artwork is one of those weird things where it can actually be so when you make anything, it is always worth a minimum of the cost of its parts. Yes. You make a car, it is worth the car the sum of its parts as long as they're all in working condition. Artwork yes. is something that can actually be worth less than the sum of its parts. Okay. And but then as well, artwork can be worth way more than the sum of its parts. And yeah. it's basically down to what 
people are willing to pay. Yes. So if someone, um, so say for instance, you are, say you're an artist author and mm -hmm. you do these fabulous um, landscape paintings. Okay. Someone, I was going to say, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, go yeah. on. Whatever. It's your artwork. So whatever you want it to be. Okay. Um, I was going to go with uh, toilet boil impressions, but yeah, sure. Toilet what impressions? Toilet bowl impressions. Toilet bowl impressions. Mm -hmm. Okay, toilet bowl impressions. Okay. Yep. So you, you're selling these toilet bowl impressions and you've got a series right. of toilet bowl impressions. Someone at the moment, they are were, you have priced them at $200 each. Okay. And so they're all worth $200. Yeah. Someone buys one of those for $250. Mm -hmm. Your work is now worth that work is now worth $250 because someone has paid that much for it. And okay. all your other work slightly increases because of the, the prestige of that, like a very yeah. small percent, but a bit. And then say another one sells at an auction for $500 that then increases. So it's all dependent on what people are willing to pay for it. Yeah. So where this is an NFT, like this has jumped up. This was, this happened in March when they burnt the Banksy and sold it on um, OpenSea, mm -hmm. uh, the NFT marketplace. Um, and normally what you do with the N with um, OpenSea is that you set it up for a 24 hour bid and yeah. NFTs are just a hot topic right now. So people are buying up NFTs for the sake of, for the status symbol of saying, I own this NFT. Mm -hmm. They're not really thinking about like, they'd not actually, the people who are playing, if you're willing to pay 8 million for something, you don't really care if it exists or not. You just want the status of having it. These people literally make me sick. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then as well, just to point out like some of the stupidity of these NFTs and what's happening at the moment with them, um, Cara Delvine and some other celebrities are going to be taking place part in an auction and she sets up a um an auction for this piece which is called my vagina so there is a video that goes along with this my first word was mine to me that means something that is most mine my vagina i own it it's mine and no one else's. I choose what I do with it. And no one can take that away from me. So that's being sold uh, as an NFT. And it's basically just a, it's like, I don't know how long that is, like a minute or whatever, um, Instagram yeah. post. Oh, okay. Of Cara Levine speaking about her vagina. Yeah, of her speaking about her vagina. I do want to as well point out the irony here yeah. of an artwork called My Vagina existing as an NFT, which is then going to be sold. And the whole point of the piece is saying that your vagina Sorry. belongs to her, belongs to you, yeah. but yeah. then you're selling it. Like there's an yeah. irony there that I don't want to let like, go of. <laughs> no, but. Fair, fair enough. Yeah, I see that. 
I see that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sort of, I'm pointing out like some stupid NFTs right now, but there is a good side of how this. Much, how much is this selling for? Seriously. Uh, I don't know at the moment. The At the point, at the time of recording, the auction hasn't taken place. Okay. All right. Um, we'll but, do an Instagram post on it. <laughs> but um, the way in which um, NFTs work, there is something good about this, and this is down to um, smart contracts. Okay. So this is another part of the blockchain. So you can attach a smart contract to an NFT. So okay. um, if you if you were to create an artwork, so say your toilet bowl, we create a digital toilet bowl or site, whatever, you can you have an NFT that belongs to that. And yeah. as part of the NFT within this smart contract, you say. Uh, that the first time that you said it, you get 100% of the profit from it. But for every subsequent sale, you get 10%. Okay. That means that whenever that NFT exchange hands, you mm -hmm. always get that 10%. You are always uh, you're earning money on that thing that is sold. Um, because back to like, the old way of how the art world would work, you're, we said that that piece of work that you sold, you sold it for two hundred uh, for two hundred and fifty dollars, mm -hmm. and yep. then it was sold for five hundred. Then it was sold for five thousand. Mm -hmm. You don't see any of that five hundred or five thousand. You just you're just there with your two fifty. Really? It, yeah, nice. yeah. So you don't actually. So you could be. That's why you can see these artists that sell work for millions, thousands. But mm -hmm. they they're not actually making that much money because it's no. their older work that is selling for lots of money and their new work they can still sell for quite a bit but they're not getting the same market value. Yeah. So that's like the problem. That's like a problem there for artists who want to sell in the commercial sense. Yeah. Um, and so if you've got an NFT and say so you sell something for two hundred and then when it comes around to the next point of sale it's selling for 500 that means that you get 50 dollars exactly it's not a lot but you're getting you're at least getting something and then mm -hmm. when it's like when you get to like the millions that's when you're getting like quite a sizable chunk and mm -hmm. so it's it still means that you've got this passive thing that's going on and it's not just other people earning off of your um uh, earning off of what, what you've created. Um, the downsides of um, smart contracts is that anytime that you put something on the blockchain, as I mentioned before, it's very difficult to change it to impossible. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you put some, so, and this is the issue with contracts. Once you put something on, once you put a contract out there, like uh, we used to live together. Yep. I can't remember how many pages was our contract? It's like 20 pages or more. Yeah, 23, and that, 25. And that was pretty much just to say, make rent, uh, make rent every month and just look after the house, yeah. basically. So basically, it, yeah. it was a long contract. And so if you're making a smart contract online, you would need to have all of that input into it and you wouldn't be able, you wouldn't be able to make a mistake. 
because that contract would sit there and exist forever. Mm -hmm. So for instance, a way that a smart contract could work, and this was an example I heard about, was if you were to create a contract for a rental agreement and yeah. say, um, you have, rather than having a physical key, you've got a swipe card that you yeah. use to get into your building. Yeah. And the contract's quite simple. It's basically, this is, this is your space, like you live in here, uh, make sure that you pay rent every month and then you default on the rent or you're late with the rent whilst you once you defaulted the key card doesn't work anymore yeah and that's automatically done because of the contract is able to uh have like real world implications it mm -hmm. can like feed through to another system these all speak to each other through the apis and yeah. so then you need to make sure that you make your rent otherwise you're going to get locked out of your house yeah. um and the problem there is obviously it doesn't allow for compassion. It doesn't allow for mitigating circumstances. Um, it's all very cut and dry. It's the contract. And the contract basically exists as the judge as well mm -hmm. as the contract. Yeah. Because it's enacting everything. So it can be, it, there's like elements of this that are good for like these simple things where it's like um, selling an artwork and you keep getting 10%. But then... It could also be the what if you die or what if you want to pass that 10% on to someone else? Like, how yeah. do you automatically set that up? It could just be going into a bank account that doesn't exist anymore. Um, that So 10% is just being lost all the time. Yeah. And then the, the last two things that I was going to mention with this was Ubisoft. Um, and this is where it's like taking place in like the gaming industry. Yeah. Ubisoft have this thing called the um, Entrepreneurs Lab. And right. they've got two, uh, two locations, one's in Paris, one's in Singapore. And there's different projects that are going on with this. Uh, some of them are like VR gaming projects. Others are like different augmented reality projects and stuff like that. And then a couple of them are blockchain projects. Like quite a lot of them are blockchain projects. One's okay. just basically a cryptocurrency platform. Another one, which I thought was really weird and used NFTs, was a trade was a card game trading platform. That does sound odd. Yeah. So it is a card game trading platform that exists entirely online. Okay. And it's called um, Sora. So S-O-R-A-R-E, you trade um, like football players, uh, their cards, and yeah. you don't get anything physical. At no point in this do you get anything physical from this platform. Okay. It's all, um, you, just, you just get your NFT tokens, which once again, do not have a physical existence. They are a digital token. Yeah. yeah. But people are willing to pay. Um, let me see. Um, Bruno Fernandez. Uh, this was the last, so five months ago, this was traded on this platform. $62,124.48. Right. And someone bought that to just have a digital token. 
so so you go into this game yeah and i'm assuming you have to put in real money you have to put in real actual money yeah i mean we'll talk about the cryptocurrencies and how they operate in uh, future but in in terms of like a lot of these nfts you have to spend the currency that that cryptocurrency is in so easiest way to think about this is think of it as disney dollars yeah no 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 yeah 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 so you've traded your your currency that you can use in the shop for yeah. this digital currency um uh, yeah. i don't know what currency they're trading in here but it could be i think it looks like bitcoin so <laughs> you traded okay. it for however many bitcoins and then or, you're able or bits of a bitcoin yeah yeah it's normally bits of a bitcoin that you're trading in um with yeah. the nfts as well ether is what you're trading in there but then mm -hmm. it's down yeah, to yeah. like what the price yeah, is but what i'm saying is when you when you get onto this platform you have to spend real world money to get in-game tokens slash currency yeah and then okay someone trades bruno fernandez for did you say sixteen thousand dollars uh sixty two thousand dollars sixty two thousand dollars great okay someone's traded bruno fernandez for sixty two thousand dollars and i'm assuming you can't cash out of this um you could what you'd end up having to do is sell the nft yeah yeah okay and let's say that but the person who originally sold the nft for 62 like that not the person who bought it but the person so yeah who they sold received the, the equivalent of 62000 yeah yeah they'd be able to cash out Oh, you were able to cash out yeah, again. Yeah, so you're okay. able. So once, so you buy the you buy the digital currency, but then you can sell the digital currency. But then digital currencies are also volatile. Yeah. So you could end up. Uh, so that sixty two thousand that you receive, or equivalent mm -hmm. of sixty two thousand, you could be like, yeah. oh, cool. All right, I'll I'll sit. I'll have it sat around for a bit. I'll cash it out next week. Next week, yeah. the market could have um, dropped out, yeah. and that's worth a thousand dollars exactly yeah but i mean it's i i find like trade for me like i don't trade cards i don't do no. like card trading like i never understood like the card trading i used to do it with pokemon cards and i kind of mm -hmm. found that interesting i like that but it was it was about having the allure of i'm opening up a packet and yeah. i'm gonna get a new card or oh i get to trade with my friends and so you're trading cards between each other it mm -hmm. didn't i didn't care about the monetary value of them so that's probably why I don't understand this. But as well, it was about holding something physical in my hand and having something yeah. that I can put on the wall. Exactly. Um, and it's that smell when you open a new pack. Yeah, yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah, boy. So that's that's like a weird thing that's going on with the NFTs. And then the last thing is just the environmental impact of these. Okay. How are non-physical objects impacting the environment? This is gonna be good. So the carbon footprint so th this is um how is there a carbon how is there a carbon footprint of something that doesn't exist so where's the door where's the data saved okay in a data center yeah the yeah. server yeah so there's the servers um as i mentioned with bitcoin it takes 10 minutes to create a new transaction imagine 
how many at the moment bitcoins operating across the globe there are transactions mm -hmm. happening every minute yeah so every minute you're creating new potential transactions that are taking 10 minutes to process there's low there's calculations that are required to get the unique number that mm -hmm. that requires a lot of server space and so what people are doing uh, and so it's these are computers that don't necessarily need to be on all the time so i mean like that where you've got these different computers on they're obviously using energy they also need cooling yep um and when we're saying about um a computer it's not necessarily this laptop that i'm talking to you through it's not necessarily someone's desktop computer sometimes yeah it would be but it's actually more likely to be massive server rooms yes and that draws a lot of energy yep. creates a lot of heat mm -hmm. which then needs to be cooled down because the servers don't want to be hot yep. so there's loads of site there's lots of energy consumption in terms of just the blockchain itself yep. um i mean I was trying to get figure out what is the carbon footprint of the internet itself. Yeah. Because the internet exists on multiple servers. There's mm -hmm. um quite there's extensive server banks in North America, there's extensive server banks in Europe, elsewhere. And so that all draws a lot of energy and a lot of power. Yeah. And so there's still that. And I mean, I don't know, the I think that the environmental concerns about blockchains, for me, this is the one bit where I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's really the problem, because mm -hmm. I feel like it's more the um, energy infrastructure. Yeah, that's the problem, not the um, it, like, yes, they're consuming a lot of energy. However, if you were to shift the production of energy to uh -huh. renewables, and you were able to create enough uh, energy through those renewables and store enough energy for those, through those renewables, then this would be negligible. We wouldn't be having a conversation about the carbon footprint because this is exactly. the same conversation that happens with electric vehicles. Yeah. Everyone complains, oh, it's an electric vehicle, but like, oh, it's coal and oil that's powering it. Well, yeah, obviously it's coal and oil because there isn't, there isn't the infrastructure that they haven't put in the infrastructure for the renewables once you put in the renewable infrastructure then we wouldn't be having this conversation about coal and oil mm -hmm. um but no so that's a that's a quick that's a i was hoping it'd be a quicker guy but that's a guide to nfts and blockchains what do you think man i i think this is kind of that's interesting but scary it's yeah it is and it's a lot to take in mm. so but yeah, no, it's it's good to at least know the definitions of what these people are talking about, because I struggle a lot with all of these uh, abbreviations and um, what do they call it the when they shorten something like the NFTs. Oh, anagram? Yeah, anagrams. No. No? There's not an anagram? No, anagrams oh. when you shift the word around. Anyway, oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. But you know what I'm talking about, like when they... Acronyms, yes. So I struggle with them. So I like, yeah, no. But blockchain is something I learned something today. Definitely, blockchain mm. was something I had no idea about. Yeah, like I'm really interested by these, and I think they're going to be really 
I think lots of things are going to shift to the blockchain. Mm-hmm. Like where we talk about a paper-free, uh, paper-free banking, paper-free contracts, like so much stuff is still, a lot of contracts exist online, but they're very susceptible to changes. They're very susceptible to um, other problems. I think mm-hmm. when that shifts to a blockchain system, yeah. that's going to become more secure for everyone. Okay. Um, and I think that sort of using the smart, like I, I'm, I'm a massive proponent of automation, mm-hmm. and this is this is automation to a mass scale, um, yeah. in terms of like uh, the contract contracting. Like you'll still need lawyers and stuff to build this stuff for you, and then yeah. it'll be lawyers and programmers working together to make like the mm-hmm. the contract. So you'll still be ha- have people in the background doing stuff. It's not going to take away people's jobs, but it's going to take away the the redundant parts of people's jobs. Uh-huh. Like I don't want someone to sit in a room reading through a two hundred page document to make um, to, to like check all the fine print. I want that to yeah. be done once, and then that's the contract. Yeah. Yeah. No, def- definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see the I see the potential and how how this may be used for a positive impact. Yeah. So, I mean, the negative side of it, yeah, the negative side of it is when you look at um, uh, Asimov's uh, three rules of robotics. Yes. So if you set up the contract in the wrong way, oh, shit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, this is true. God damn. Anyway. That was yep. that was that was a that was the that was the thing. <laughs> um, if you so we're going to talk about cryptocurrencies and um, digital currencies next week, and that's something that I think's more. There, this is more. This is something that's going to ha- happen to us. Uh-huh. The the cryptocurrencies and digital currencies. There's more of like a. This could be a shakeup to the way banking works and the way that money work operates in the future. So if you're interested in that, listen in next week. Um, if you've got any suggestions, like what we do or don't like what we do, um, do let us know. Um, the email address that I forget every week is podcastnotdead at gmail.com. Uh, versus have got a website, uh, pod- notdeadpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Instagram, find us on Twitter. Um, and yeah, look yeah. after yourselves out there. Be safe, everybody. Bye. Bye.